0: This is Outcasting Overtime from Media for the Public Good, producer of Public Radio's LGBTQ youth programs. Hi, I'm Lucas, an Outcasting youth participant. In 2019, New York City hosted World Pride for the first time and celebrated the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Uprising. As it has for decades, the celebration included elaborate floats, rainbows everywhere, and a party that seemed to go on all month long. In 2020, of course, LGBTQ Pride Month in New York looked very different because of both the mass shutdown caused by the COVID-19 pandemic and the Black Lives Matter protests, sparked by the killings of black people by police without apparent justification. Most recently, at that point, the killing of George Floyd by Minneapolis police. This reminds us, in the LGBTQ community, of the beginnings of our own fight. Black and brown LGBTQ activists were crucial to the modern gay liberation movement in its nascency. Marsha P. Johnson, a black transgender woman, was a key figure in starting the Stonewall Uprising in 1969, which arose out of a police raid of a gay bar, the Stonewall Inn in Greenwich Village in New York City. The first gay pride march a year after the Stonewall Uprising was a celebration of gay militancy and the activism that had taken hold during that first year after Stonewall. Over the decades, it grew into a spectacular celebration involving millions of people in New York City not to mention countless more in cities around the world. Some people think that the march has grown too spectacular and commercial, and in 2019, a group called the Reclaim Pride Coalition held an alternative march intended to get back to the spirit of the first gay pride marches. In 2020, The COVID pandemic caused the initial cancellation of both the main and alternative marches, but the killing of George Floyd prompted the Reclaim Pride Coalition to undo the cancellation of its alternative march and hold a protest march specifically in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. The fight for LGBTQ equality is not done until everyone is equal, both in and outside the LGBTQ community, including brown and black people. Black lives are human lives, and here at Outcasting, an observance of LGBTQ Pride Month, we wanted to amplify the voices of our black neighbors fighting to end systematic racism and police brutality. On Saturday, June 6th, the peaceful town of Ossining in New York's lower Hudson River Valley came alive and made its voice heard. Hundreds of people gathered at the Hudson River waterfront and marched through town to another park to protest police brutality and to show their support for the Black Lives Matter movement. Black activists of all ages, youth performers, and the Austin Police Department expressed their grief and outrage at the deaths of George Floyd and so many other Black Americans. George
1: Floyd! George Floyd! George Floyd!
0: Nadia Zaydan, one of the youth organizers of the June 6th protest, spoke about what Black Lives Matter means to her as a non-Black person of color.
1: As a person of color, I do know, I do understand on a personal level what it means to face these like microaggressions, these racial injustices. And I know how it feels for your race and for your appearance to be an additional stressor in your life. And it really does take a toll on you. And right now, like if we're being honest, it is the worst for black individuals in America right now. So I just think we need to like stand up for the people who need to be heard the most. Because knowing how it feels, nobody deserves that, nobody. Ever deserves to have their race or the way they look be an additional stressor on their life that should not be a hardship for them because a lot of people will try to say we're colorblind or that they're not racist (laughs) or that they're not racist but colorblindness does not exist because it is a system of oppression and a system of privilege that is working against people of color in our country. And people really do have to speak out against that and speak out against that system. We have to reform that system. We have to change that. And we're never going to change that system if people don't recognize their own privilege and if people don't listen to the voices that need to be heard.
0: Cheyenne Bell, another youth organizer, told us why she's fighting.
1: To me, I would think it's doing what's right for people of color, most specifically black people. It's fighting for something that we should have gotten a long time ago, but never gotten. It's, it's so much more than just protesting and posting. It's fighting for what we need as people to, to survive. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. Don't shoot.
0: After two hours of marching through the streets, The group spread out across a baseball diamond to hear a prayer, a song, and a speech, all demanding action. A woman in the audience held up a large rainbow flag with BLM written in bold letters. Finally, the whole park fell silent as everyone went down on one knee for 8 minutes and 46 seconds, the same amount of time that the Minneapolis police officer knelt on George Floyd's neck, causing his death. When the event was over, I spoke with Jale Knowles, one of the featured speakers.
2: The Black Lives Matter movement means the world to me right now, especially because of just, I feel as if enough is enough. Enough has been enough, but now our momentum has changed and people are speaking up. And what this movement, this movement's different right now, because I believe there's more people who are advocating, more people who are willing to educate themselves, more people who are willing to listen, and we're forming allyship. And for, for me personally, my main focus in this is our youth, our kids. I work with kids at Roseville Elementary School here in Austin and I absolutely adore them, and I want a better future for them because they ask me questions about this. I want to give, tell them that their future is going to be better, and I am just so passionate about how... We need, we need equity right now, we need help, and after that is when we can talk more about equality. But right now we need help, so we need voices, we need allies, we need people to speak up and continue the conversation so we can keep going.
0: Uh, so you said we need allies. What would you say is the pro- number one thing that an ally can do to help support the movement?
2: To continue the conversation, have these uncomfortable conversations, and continue to use your voice. You have to find your voice first, because sometimes some people might be a little hesitant, and I understand, and I can empathize. But at this point of our lives being taken from us at the hands of police for so long, we have got to speak up. And I am just so proud of our community for using this time to find their voice to speak up.
0: The rights we now have as LGBTQ people have resulted in part from the efforts of black LGBTQ activists. So while Pride Month has ended for this year, the fight for black lives continues. And although the protests aren't dominating the headlines as they did in June, at least not right now as we record this, it's important that you keep educating yourself, supporting black-owned businesses and black content creators, and signing petitions. And keep in mind that if you're of age to vote, one of the most powerful ways you can support black lives is to vote for candidates who support equality for all. You can view a slideshow of this piece with photographs by Outcaster Justin. You'll find a link on our website, outcastingmedia.org. Thanks for listening to Outcasting Overtime from Media for the Public Good, producer of Public Radio's LGBTQ youth programs. Visit us at outcastingmedia.org To get information about outcasting, make your tax-deductible donation, watch outcasting videos, access our social media links, and listen to all outcasting content. Thanks, and thanks for listening.